morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shalom, your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good in your world. Um, if this is your first time of joining this podcast, thank you for being here. And um, I pray that God meets you at the point of your need and whatever it is that brought you to this podcast here today that you know that somehow God will just help you to find that peace and find that space in Jesus' name. Amen. So here on this podcast, we talk about, I talk about my experience, my work with God, the things that I'm learning and things like that. Um, it's a very confusing time for me, I must say, because there's a lot going on in the political environment in my country. And, you know, for me, I'm not the kind of person who I can pretend as if stuff are not happening and then just carry on on my life. Maybe because it's of my training, you know, both in terms of um, what I studied in school, political science, and the fact that I'm in international relations, which is an arm of political science, and um, the fact that I've always been very politically conscious. And even in my work as a Christian, I've always been fascinated by the lives of the prophets and how they manage themselves in the political setting. Even the the um, apostles, you see that there were many times they had um, issues with the, you know, the authorities of the day, you know, they were, were obeying the laws, but when, you know, they, they did not shy away from, you know, conflict, if it, if it meant choosing between preaching the gospel and not preaching the gospel, you know, and things like that. And there were many times they had, in fact, they were frequently guests of the police. You know what I'm saying? Guests always brought before judges, before councils, before councils, before things like that. You know, so that whole um, citizenship, community leadership, and influencing public policy, law enforcement, that was, they were always having intersections in that space. So they were almost like, you know, the, the sort of way that we see human rights lawyers or human rights ad, um, advocates, you know, how they are today, that's how the apostles were then. They were people who were trying to transform society, who were trying to change society, and for that reason, the powers that be you, um, had problems with them, of course. And they were trying to change society peacefully by preaching. All they were doing was just preaching. And people, you know, that, that caused a lot of um, problems. With them and they were not telling people to go against the laws of the land all they were asking them to do was receive jesus as their personal lord and savior for some reason the authorities of the day found it very very um they were very threatened by it of course we know that it wasn't them it wasn't just them being threatened it was the devil realizing that this was the savior that was the the seed of the woman that has come to crush his head and he knew that you know he needed to stop the spread of that gospel of course he has failed but he continues to you know that that um whole onslaught of trying to stamp down truth and making sure that um evil you know carries the day that battle is ongoing till today but why am i saying all of this i'm saying all of this because in my environment around me i read in the bible and i see that everybody from the days of moses in fact from noah who god actually told to build um an ark and put some people away before his judgment and for moses who actually want destroyed the social order of the day in egypt to joshua to you know the other judges and everybody and of course the kings that then came 
I see that God's people have always affected the societies that they lived in. That has also brought them into conflict with the powers that be. It did in the days of Daniel, even though Daniel you know, was serving the, uh, when they were in captivity in Babylon, he was serving the king, doing everything for the furtherance of Babylon. But when they, it got to the point whereby they were now trying to encroach into his worship of God, he took his ground, he stood his ground, he got thrown into the den, lion's den, God saved him, God delivered him. The three Hebrew children, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the same thing. So what I am seeing, and when I read the apostles, of course, read all of them, we, we, um, we know how their lives ended and all that. So the example that we have, and the Bible says that 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for instruction, for correction, um, in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and complete, you know, growing up into God, him in all things, not lacking anything. So I look at the, if the standard that we see in the Bible is of people who are world changers, who stand up in society for something, people that are known for not forsaking their lives or forsaking their natural lives for the sake of the word of God, whatever it may be, whether it is let my people go that they may serve you in the wilderness, like which was Moses' message or Joshua's message of we are entering into the promised land where the children of God are going to serve God according to his statutes, or it is the one of um, Solomon, we will build the temple, we will worship God, you know, whatever, or it is the message of Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life, or the message of the apostles, this, this Jesus that you killed is the one that was the appointed savior. Whatever it is, the message that God has given to the prophets or to the apostles or to the church of every generation at every stage in the redemptive story from Genesis to Revelation, it has always brought them in conflict with the powers that be at some point, whether they intended to or not, peacefully, just by doing, just by preaching, just by teaching, just by sharing the message. And none of these people ever shied away from it. They didn't only pray, they prayed, they spoke up, they taught, they preached. In fact, there was a, an account in the book of Acts of when Peter and the apostles, they were beaten, as in they were beaten by the soldiers, by the, by the law enforcement agents of the time. And they were warned never to speak in the name of Jesus. Never. That was the, the, they were warned that if you don't, you know, and, and when, I mean, I live in it, an oppressive and a repressive society, so I know what it means when they say they beat and they warn you. What they're telling you is a threat, that you are being threatened and you are told that if you don't, this is a warning. We, we, we could have killed you now, but we're not going to do that. But if you do this again, do not, nobody should hold us responsible for whatever happens to you. That was more or less what they were told. And then the apostles reasoned amongst themselves. The Bible records it and says that, that really, who should we be obeying? Are we bound to obey you or obey man? That we cannot but speak of the things that we have seen and that we have heard. That we rather than we are we are we are bound to obey God rather than man. So, and it, let us. This was about the word of God. It wasn't about any other thing. It wasn't about obedience to tax, whether you should pay tax. They were not getting encroached in any of the state business, whether people should pay tax or should pay allegiance. They were not involved in that. Even Jesus himself said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar, give unto the Lord what is the Lord. But it was just about faith in Christ, about the gospel, about righteousness, about truth, about salvation through Jesus, about God's love for man, redemption, the words of Jesus, the fact that Jesus was the, is the way, the truth, and the life, and that nobody can come unto the Father except by him. The gospel of Christ that Jesus came and died for the sins of his redemptive man, and that we, everyone who believes and confesses that his Lord 
Jesus will come into his life, save that person and deliver them from sin and from this onslaught of the enemy and they will have a, begin to have a relationship with God. When they die and they leave this body, they will, their spirits will go and be with God the Father. Access to heaven, access to the throne of grace, restoration and reconciliation with God. That was what they were preaching. Really, how, how problematic can that be? Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because somewhere along the line, at least what I observe in my environment now is like there's this teaching or there's this feeling that Christians, all we are supposed to do is pray. Just pray and not do anything else and expect that God will begin to do things and change the society around us. I do not see any standard for that in the Bible. First of all, Old Testament, we all know that in the Old Testament, the children of Israel did more than pray. They prayed, they organized, they defended, they protected, they attacked, all in the name of the Lord, I must say. And anything that they did, anytime they went out into battle or they did anything outside of God's obedience, they paid the price for it. So it's not so much about just going out for the sake of going out. It's also, it's, it's, or taking into the law into your own hands. It's about doing organizing doing what god tells you to do and putting the will and the word of god foremost so yes there was this they, they prayed they praised but they also organized themselves they acted they protected themselves they defended themselves now in the new testament version in fact those ones they were um, so because we are in the new testament dispensation so let's pack old testament in the new testament the early church too they organized they spoke up they preached the gospel. They put the, in fact, the gospel was the only thing they were concerned about. They were not concerned about whether Caesar was, um, whether um, Caesar was ruling in Rome or whether um, Jerusalem was um, was under the Roman rule. They were concerned about the gospel of Christ, and they used that gospel of Christ was even more threatening to 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 these people than an insurgent insurgents against um, the Roman Empire. Which is one of the reasons why they even killed Jesus, by the way. And that is because the devil knew that this, I mean, in such as against Rome, Rome was just a temporary empire, which of course has come down since then. So, but the Jesus message is an eternal one. So, of course, it had, it, it was more damaging. So, the, the enemy, the real spiritual enemy, not his own agents that are physically in front, they knew the difference and they, they took it as a very serious threat. But the point I'm trying to make is that the apostles were not just sitting down. They were doing stuff. They were moving. They organized themselves. They organized meetings, prayer groups. They provided support for missions here and there. You know, they developed cells all over the place. You know, they were, they were active. They were active. They had an agenda. And this is the thing, because I think sometimes Christians and they, they were faced, the people that were against them had the power of the state behind them. And they had the military power of the state, the economic power of the state, the political power of the state behind them. The apostles had the power of God behind them. They did not stay in their enclaves and pray. If it's modern day Christians today, we will stay in our houses and be praying for God to deliver us. They went out and they, con- they took it as an open. They continued. In fact, the Bible says, as they were scattered, when persecution came against them, they ran. So they also, they also played the self-defense game. They ran. But everywhere they went, they were carrying the gospel with them. So they never lost sight of their mission. My greatest concern now is that we are faced with a similar kind of persecution. Christians in Nigeria, as a physical fact, we are persecuted in Nigeria. It's just the truth. Anybody that is deceiving themselves about it, well, eventually we will all come to the same understanding. Christians are persecuted 
in modern day Nigeria. But what are we doing? Because there are some, the, um, the violence has not yet come to us. The kind of, I mean, when I remember in the 90s, if the kind of persecution that is happening now had happened in the 90s, the whole of Christendom would have declared, you know, I, I mean, we would have declared prayer walks all over the city. We would have been having, you know, gospel radical gospel um, outreaches and things like that the whole church would have been mobilized in social action and all of that then i do not see any of that happening everybody's just staying huddled in their own places praying that the violence doesn't get to them and that really gives me a big source of concern because i do not see any scriptural um um how would i say um what's the word i'm looking for i do not see any scriptural copy or evidence or, or support for that that's not the way persecution is handled the in the new testament the um, the church handled it by organizing themselves doing what they could to make sure they stayed away from danger but taking the gospel spreading out i mean the whole acts of the apostles to hebrews and all of that you see how they were you know this person will go to macedonia this one will go to asia minor that one will go to this place that one will go to they were building churches everywhere while paul was in um, prison he was writing letters to the church he never stopped he never stopped yes they prayed yes they praised yes they fasted but they acted they did things they were out there in the world they never stopped I have come to the conclusion that the solution to our problem in Nigeria, we have to go back to the basics as a church. We have to go back to the basics of the gospel and pushing it out. Even into those places where they do not want, where, where some people would want to stop us from preaching it in the same way that they tried to stop the, apostle, um, the early church. That is the only way we can overcome the darkness that is coming against us. The most important thing is we need to be organized in doing so. And we need to be organized and have a kingdom agenda. And that is when God will fight for us. For as long as we're defending our territory and watching over our stuff, our buildings, our assets, those walls cannot keep us safe. It is time we take the gospel beyond the walls of the church. It's time we go into all the world and preach the gospel. I even believe that the reason why a lot of this, we have opened the door for a lot of this to happen to us is because we have stopped going into the world to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are rather going into the world to preach the gospel of our church, which is not the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is borderless, it's not restricted, it's not about church, it's not about money, it's not about assets, it's not about building projects, it's about Christ crucified, Christ died, Christ risen, Christ seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That is all. We are supposed to preach and teach people how to live for Christ and for them to also become world changers. It's for us to be the light in our communities, the people that people are looking forward to. In a period of terrorism, the church has become a victim. The world is not even looking to us for solutions. They're not even looking at us. They even believe that we are part of the problem. How did we get here? So, I am, and I know Many of us, you may be listening, I'm speaking, you know, God is leading me to speak by Nigeria. I didn't even know I was going to talk like this today, but in whatever part of the world you're in, I know some of you, this may relate to you as well. I, these are questions I'm asking myself. And I would ask, please, what, are, what, is, what questions are bubbling up in your spirit as well? I'm very uncomfortable about the way things are with the body of Christ in Nigeria today. And I pray that God will raise men and women and give us a vision 
an understanding of the times that we know what we need to do now. It's not about doing the wrong thing at the right time. This is something, a, a moment that requires an understanding of the time. We need to know what we, are, we need to do now. Anyway, I'm just going to read a scripture that for me is really motivating me. And again, I don't think we need to wait for until when the entire church is organized because that may never happen. Those of us that receive that understanding, as we receive it, let us begin to do what God is telling us to do. And if you're already doing it, God bless you. Let God also speak to each of us on what more we can do. It's a conversation that I'm having and Holy Spirit, as I'm talking, I'm speaking to you as well. Help me to know what I'm supposed to do at this time because I am really confused and there's just a lot going on. I'm wondering why is it leadership happening, but I'm also realizing that I shouldn't wait for leadership because I'm also a leader in my own right. So maybe whatever it is that you can use me to do in this situation to make things better, Father, I am available. Use me, use my mind, use my heart, use my life, use my body, strengthen me, encourage me, give me the wisdom and the grace and the courage to do that which you have me do and show me what I need to do. Speak through me. Use me as a vessel in Jesus' name. So and so that your light may shine, so that souls may be helped and we can protect the innocent and the vulnerable and the righteous and that your name can be glorified and that Jesus will be portrayed will be preached in nigeria this nation has seen a marvelous outpouring of the gospel of jesus christ so many years ago decades ago everybody knew that christians that god god had blessed us and and he blessed us we we got very very wealthy and then we forgot him we left him and we went after the things we thought we, we, we started vesting our 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 hearts in the things that god had blessed us with and then it that then brought other people who were not really of us joined amongst us and started to lead us and started to you know corrupting the way of the lord and i think god is just calling us back to that first love and i'm hoping that the um um the developments of recent time will help to create this awakening in as many of us as god will be able to reach and touch so i'm going to read the book of matthew um chapter 10 and i'm going to bring this to a close thank you for staying just a few minutes left and this is jesus now talking um to i think it was one of his sermons was it the sermon um someone on the mount or so one of those sermons anyway chapter 10 and then he he there's a whole monologue really if you're using a red letter bible you you find his words starting from like verse 5 verse 5 all the way down to 42 but i'm going to read from verse 31 when he now says he says fear not therefore you are of more value he was talking to them about you know okay so let me read from verse 26 says so have no fear of them for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known what i tell you in the dark say it in the light and what you hear whispered proclaim on the housetops this again is jesus talking about courageous speaking you know he says the things that i tell you in secret i want you to say it in the light so christians are not supposed to be silent anybody that tells you a christian should be quiet and be you know not in the face of evil we are not we're not mandated to be silent the word of god is our power so if if, if we are silence then we're, we're stifling the word of god we're not even the only offensive weapon that we have in the armor of god which is the sword of the spirit we're not using it it's the word of god it is always the word of god it will never stop being the word of god 
And what you hear whispered proclaim on the housetops, and do not fear those who kill the body, haha, like the terrorists that were faced with in Nigeria, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. And not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground except with the knowledge of your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. For whosoever denies me, before men i also will deny before my father who is in heaven and then he goes on to talk about loving your father more than me okay so let me read that as well so do not think that i have come to bring peace to the earth verse 34 i have not come to bring peace but a sword for i have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and whoever loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I think this verse 34 to 30 to 40 to 39 just encapsulates the spirit of what we have been talking about and what God is leading us to talk about now. Which is that, so long as we are concerned about self-preservation and concerned about keeping ourselves from violence, letting it not come to my house, we will lose that which we are trying to keep. It's just the truth. We will lose it. The fear that is keeping all of us silent, the fear that is keeping all of us afraid, eventually that fear will consume us. And then Jesus says something here, which for me, this is something that I believe that for God to be saying it to me now, I have to be mindful of this and I don't want to be caught in this. He says, anyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my father. But if you deny me, there's another scripture that says, ashamed of my words, I also will be ashamed of you before my father is in heaven. It doesn't end here because I'm seeing a lot of compromise. It may get to a stage when some of us may be faced with situations whereby you come across some of these terrorists and they ask you, recount your, you know, or you're in a situation where you are being pressurized to take a stand that is counter to the purpose of Christ. Let us be aware that this thing has spiritual, eternal implications. Regardless of how well-reasoned it may look at that time, because sometimes we, we it's like how people say you tell a white lie. You do it because you believe you're going to save a life or you're going to save yourself, maybe, or preserve certain things in this natural life. What Jesus is saying here is that, such situations will count against that person in the world to come. He's very clear about it here. There's another scripture that talks about it, apart from this Matthew 10, um, 10 30, 33. Whosoever denies me before men, before men, that means before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. The only place where you and I will have the opportunity to deny men, him, deny Christ before men, is on this earth. And deny means deny. We all know what it means. So I will just leave it at that. Because I think I will have to listen to this music again. Because I've been asking God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? I still don't have the full picture. But I do know that what I cannot do is keep silent. So I pray that in all of the spaces that God has placed me, the platforms that he has put in my hand, as much as his words rise up in me, he will give me the courage, the strength, the wisdom, and the grace to speak up for that which is true and right. It is my role as a Christian 
on the earth as a prophet of the Most High God, as a disciple of Jesus. I owe it to him. I leave it at that point. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.